When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And welcome back to StarCast 18 here on Fight. Ladies and gentlemen, StarCast brought to you by West. Westwood One, the industry leader in wrestling podcasts, Talk is Jericho, X-Pac, 12360, and many more. As we are wrapping up, this is the final event on this stream here for StarCast. And uh, a little bit earlier, you know, I, I talked about this this next show. It's called The Lapsed Fan, and, you know, I, I gave it some positive vibes, but I was told to say that. And I'll be honest with you guys. This, these guys, they don't have any views. You know, they're having any, yeah, nothing. I mean, yeah, basically, it's like a college-level podcast. These guys whoa, are whoa, doing whoa, it. Whoa, 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 Yeah. Hey, yo. Are you sitting there talking about the Laps Fan Podcast like it doesn't matter? Is that what you're telling me right now? Because I'm going to tell you something. Mr. Cyrus, the Lapsed Fan Podcast is the greatest podcast in the history of this great business. Now, I'll tell you right now, StarCast 2018. Hmm? This is the top of the mountain, and we've been there before. Hmm? We've done it before. We've been to the top of the mountain, and we're going back. We're going back this afternoon. Two things we're going to accomplish. Number one, at some time... We're going to get our hands on the snake man. And number two, we're going to once again prove to be the greatest podcast in the world. Randy, please. That's enough. I mean, we don't need to hear from you. You're in the grave, first of all. Listen, can we get your brother, please, at least he's here, to, to, tell, to say a little bit on our behalf? I can do a poem. Thank, um, no, that'll be all right. Oh. You said about numbers. Look, numbers lie. The truth doesn't fucking lie. And here at the Lapsed Fan, we're about to deliver the only perspective that matters to you to conclude and put a bow on StarCast 2018. That's the thoughts of WWE Chairman Lapsed Vincent K. McMahon. What does he think about everything that's happened tonight? We're about to fucking find out. And the truth will reign supreme. You're damn right. Hit our fucking music. Come on, folks. Come 
even Jerry King would take What's off the crown. Right, the only thing that's real is the money and the miles, miles right, guys? And we see Hall of Fame ring. Yeah. Um, you know, considering it's, it's professional wrestling here in Chicago, we renamed it Shamburg for the weekend. I mean, of course, WrestleCon is redundant, but when it's in Shamburg, we're really in a comfort zone as fans. So, welcome to the Lapsed Fan at StarCast. All right, welcome to the Lapsed Fan at StarCast. And of course, on Fight, I'm Jack. He's JP. JP. They call us a lot of names, couple to our face, you know. On, you know, today, we're going to be your literary nonfictionists. okay? What does that mean? Like wrestling, we're about, what you're about to see is embellished reality. Something that cynically blends together what's real and what's not. To the point you can't always tell the difference. To the point, in fact, that you start to feel somehow the fiction might be closer to truth than reality. Now, on The Lapse Fan, we talk a lot about death. And we talk a lot about wrestlers who are no longer with, with us. But... For all the hours we've spent talking about a Bobby Heenan or a Bruno San Martino or a Dusty Rhodes, there is only one death that is going to impact us greater than all of them when it happens. And that is the death of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Boss, Vince McMahon. Yes, we can, we can applaud that. Yes. We can applaud that at StarCast. You're damn right. Come on, the whole thing is about anti-Vince sentiment, right? <laughs> they're smoking cigars and hoping Vince right. dies any day now. Well, they're trying to smoke cigars. Holler at your fucking boy on that. And uh, boss, Vince McMahon turned 73 years old last week. Which got us thinking, you know, what will the day be like that he dies? How will we think about what he meant and, you know, what he'll continue to mean? Let me see that. And in that vein... Let me see that. <laughs> working off a script. We learned from I know, uh, working the off best. a script. Um, so, it, it's an American life. Man. And indeed, it's an American work. What's so, you know... He wasn't even up... He wasn't even up next. What's so consequential, the, this life has been so consequential, Vince McMahon's life, that we at TLF feel it would be irresponsible to just sit back and, and wait for that day. Wait for that day that Vince McMahon croaks to begin to consider who and what Vince McMahon was. Let us not, lapsed fan solar system, wait another day. Let's read Vince McMahon's mind, shall we? And so, live via satellite, lapsed Vince. Now keep in mind, this is satire. The idea here is we access Vince's internal monologue as well as his external one. We know what the external sounds like, right? It can convince you that just about anyone in wrestling, uh, it can convince anyone in wrestling that Vince McMahon values them, that in fact, he doesn't actually hold you in deep, deep, contempt, and that goes for fans as well as wrestlers, and that he stands ready to discard you in an instant as soon as you're not of use to him. So to reflect this duplicity, we'll be sprinkling in real quotes from Vince McMahon, things he's actually said on TV and in print, and we'll combine those with things we all know were really going through his mind when he said them, and we challenge you to tell the difference. We challenge you to tell the difference, and we'll go through it at the end of this show. And do stay, stay with us for a meet and greet after this to close out StarCast 2018. So we'll sort out the real and the fake at the end of this presentation. 
And uh, it'll conclude StarCast 2018. We're proud to say it. StarCast, a time where for a few days or so it seemed, Vincent Kennedy McMahon did not lord over everything that we saw, heard, and felt. And with that, live via satellite, it is lapsed, Vince. Vince, what's going on, man? How are you? Hello? What is... Hello? Vince? Again, what's up? What? Are you there? Yeah, what? What do you want? Hey, are you, uh... Are you guys recording any of this other, other than the, uh... The sonographer over there in terms of, uh, Radio or television? Uh, yeah, why? Would that change what you say? Why am I looking over there? He's not over well, there. you know... It might, because, you know, there are many truths to the truth. You know, people talk about there being sides to the truth, but I'm telling you, there are many truths. One truth, depending on the day, may not be the correct truth for that moment. No. Anyway, I just thought I'd ask. Well, it's great to be here for this historic weekend for our industry, a weekend that I had nothing and everything to do with at the same time. Well, we'll definitely get to that, but I want to start, I want to start, Vince, at yeah. your childhood. All right. Because we're going to do a little bit of This Is Your Life as well, as it regards the chairman, uh, he who is responsible for your presence here today You're damn and right. your presence going forward. It started for you, Vince, in an eight-foot-wide trailer in Havelock, North Carolina, with your stepfather, Leo Lupton, a military man, and your mother, Vicky. What's your earliest memory? Uh, well, um, I remember probably, uh, probably in the first grade being invited to a, a matinee film with my stepbrother and his girlfriends, and I remember them playing with me, you know, playing with my penis and giggling. You know, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. That was my initiation into sex. Now, at that age, you don't necessarily achieve an erection, but it was cool. You know, we would uh, we'd go back into the woods and get naked together. Yeah, it felt good. And for some reason, I, I wanted to put crushed leaves into her. I don't know why, but I remember that. I don't remember the first time I had intercourse, believe it or not. And I've had a lot of intercourse. Great, so, so a normal upbringing. So Vince, whatever happened, I don't want to go to, a, to an uncomfortable place, but I have yeah. to ask you. All right. Whatever happened to Leo Lupton? I mean, you were known as Vince Lupton growing up, weren't you? Who? Leo Lupton, your stepfather. Who's that? I just told you who the fuck he is. <laughs> whatever happened to I him? Whatever well, happened to him, Vince, uh, answer hey, the fucking hey, question. Hey, I'm going to answer the damn question. Shut up. Now, I think, um, if I remember correctly, the uh, person in whom you are referencing died in Korea. And I, I believe there was a, uh, a collision there at some point, maybe in 1995. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, to be quite honest, it's unfortunate that he died before I could kill him. Because I would have enjoyed that. And not that he didn't have, you know, some redeeming qualities. Also growing up with you in the trailer was your brother Rod. 
Yeah. Not a lot is known about him, except that he was going to be at the fake funeral for your fake death that was preempted by the very real death of Chris Benoit. Yeah. But Rod told Newsday in 2000 that the first time he saw you and your family all together at your son Shane's wedding, he thought, and this is the quote, an outsider might have thought they were phony. They were so demonstrative. This is Vince's brother. Maybe that comes from what Vince lacked growing up. Any comment on that, Vince? Oh, is that, is that, that what Rod said? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I read the that article. Son of a bitch! <laughs> you know, he calls himself a brother, huh? Yeah. He is a no good, slimy, slithering bitch. And I'll tell you right now, if he ever says anything about me again or comes into my presence, I'm going to kick his ass. Hard. <laughs> I guess we'll never see him again then. Now, what did you know about your famous wrestling promoter, biological father, Vincent James McMahon Sr., growing up? Well, um, uh, I knew he was the man who impregnated my mother and therefore biologically was my dad. That's what I know, that's what I knew about him. Uh, the funny thing is, though, I'd, I really did want to be a pro wrestler. You know, my, my dad he threatened me with everything he could possibly threaten me with to, not to do it. But uh, I've always shared, I've always wanted to taste the physicality of being a professional wrestler. But my dad absolutely did not want me to get in the ring because he's a selfish piece of shit son of a bitch. You know, but, 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 but I thank him for it now because had that occurred, being both management as I am now and also talent, that would represent an inherent conflict of interest Very being on so. both sides of the camera, which I would never do. So how did you get into the family business? Oh, we had a promoter in Bangor, Maine, who was stealing too much. What, too much? What do you mean? Well, if you're stealing any amount of money, you're stealing too much. Right. That's all you meant? That's fucking stupid. All right, well, we'll move on. Uh, you joined your dad's company in 1968. Did you harbor any particular ambitions then about taking over the wrestling world? Did you want to take over everyone's territory right away, or did you just want to get high with Jerry Graham first? Whoa, 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 whoa. no, 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 wait a damn minute. <laughs> Now, wait a damn minute. Okay. Jerry Graham, yes. Jerry Graham and I would do all sorts of illegal activity to make ourselves feel pleasure. But this, this bullshit that you're talking about with, with taking over territories, that's, that's a fucking lie. All right? I did not do anything to take over territories. I prompted good, good competition. I was competing with other men running businesses and it just so happened that I had enough luck to win out in the end because I'm that damn good. That's the truth. Hmm. Well, that's we'll get into truth. that a little bit more. Something tells me that's bullshit, but I don't know. Might be wrong. Um, so, Vince, you know, not a lot of people might know this. Yeah? What? 
But in 1974, uh. you promoted the first closed-circuit broadcasts of Evil Knievel's failed Snake River Canyon motorcycle jump. That's what I was talking about, so you can chill out. Okay, all right. It it didn't go that well. In fact, it was a dud. What was that taste of failure like for the first time, Vince? Well, I don't don't understand what you mean. That that wasn't a, uh, that wasn't a failure. What are you talking about? I mean... Fucking, he didn't even I mean, make it across the canyon. He, like, well, floated back. You see, but here's his, the thing. That's not a failure on my end. That is his failure. His failure. You were the promoter. How, I mean, yeah, he failed to make the jump. And I but, achieved exactly what I wanted to achieve. Because I certainly got a great laugh watching that son of a bitch fail at crossing the river and nearly drown. So I think that's a fucking success. And if you don't, well, hey, you know what you can do? Go <laughs> shove it up your ass. Okay. Let's fast forward to 1982 then. On June 5th, you buy the WWF from your father. Yeah. Uh, for quarterly $250,000 payments, mm-hmm. payable in October 1982. February hey. 1983. You got your facts pretty hey, good. June, you fucking right I do. This isn't a goddamn game. June 1983. You buy out three of his partners in addition to your dad. Yeah. Uh, so what's going through your mind sitting at that table closing the deal with Gino Morella, Arnie Skoland, and Phil Zacco? Oh, so you want a little bit of inside information. God damn right. Me? Oh, oh, you think you're entitled to that shit, huh? No, I'm just asking the question. All right, you want to know the answer? Uh, yeah, what the fuck do you think I the question for? What was going through my mind at the table with Gino Morella, Arnie Scotland, and Phil Zacco? That's what I said. <laughs> I was going to count the minutes until they died. That's what I was going to do. I wanted them to be under my watch so I could watch them die. So here is where you begin your conquest. Not a conquest. Competition. Here is where you... Yeah, it's always C words with you, isn't it? All right. So here is where you begin your conquest of the wrestling offices across the country. It starts with Mike LaBelle and the Los Angeles Territory, right? In fact, you met just down the street at O'Hare International Airport to close the deal. What did you take away from your first expansion into L.A.? Well, uh, yeah, what I, what I learned there is um, all you have to do is throw dollars at money-grubbing TV stations and they'll be your biggest supporters all of a sudden. You know, see, the, that's the thing. They weren't used to people paying them for content. And that's just a simple kind of way I found a little loophole, if you will. to be a little more competitive and a little more, put a little more edge, Adam Copeland, into the, uh, into the business. Huh? Yeah, okay, so, huh? all right, so huh? what was, what? Are you trying to get my attention? Is your Skype failing or something? All right, so what was the I'm difference? I'm not Tony Schiavone, damn it. <laughs> Roll tight on that. Uh, so, what was the difference between the wrestling your father promoted and what you went on to promote?
the difference is, all right, is that what he was trying to promote was a fake sport. What I do, what I did, and what I do now is create real entertainment. There's a big difference. This, this business, this bullshit business, used to be run out of a cigar box. Cigar box? Yeah, you're damn right. See, all I did was fill a farketing niche for a wholesome show at a reasonable cost. See, we're not wrestling. Yeah? We're entertainment. See, a unique factor that the WWE enjoys is a, um, a hybrid between animation and reality. And however, unlike you know, animation, we have, we have the unique ability to do live WWE events in which kids get to see their heroes come to life. Heroes like the Ultimate Warrior, Dusty Rhodes, uh, 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 Bobby Heenan, and Andre. the giant. Did you purposely just name guys who are in the grave? Test. <laughs> yeah, your mic works. See, see what, you're, what you don't understand is that we are Hollywood. We're in show business. We write scripts. We're an ongoing weekly adventure series. We are an entertainment-based branded network cable streaming television vehicle product where we create stories, we tell stories, where characters are welcome. Anything else? Yeah. <laughs> TLF and Starcat. All right, you fucking be patient up there. All right. This isn't a game, like you said. You want the facts, I'm giving them to you. Fair right enough. up the Fair ass. That's... Now this company, this fucking company, puts smiles on people's faces all over the world. Smiles. Now we do it in a responsible manner. Yeah, we're a public company on the New York Stock Exchange. We have lots of fun, by the way, doing what we do. It's a wonderful company. It entertains millions of people. We, WWE, we are the future of television. This unique entertainment product has evolved, evolution, evolution, to encompass contemporary themes that are as interesting as anything on television, see? See, or at the movies, or the fucking theater. The themes that we touch on are as big as any in entertainment. Huh? See, the WWE, we're Hollywood. Hollywood Hogan. You know, it's, it's Broadway, huh? A little song and dance. Uh, like like uh, Pat Patterson. He likes to sing and dance. Maybe a little dash of a Springer What's up, boss? thrown in there. Some spare parts from the Roadrunner cartoons, maybe. Maybe a plot line or something borrowed from One Life to Live. Yeah, or maybe, uh, maybe something from Discovery Channel or National Geographic or some reality TV. Animal sex. All right. <laughs> we get, all right, fine. I mean, we get a filibuster. I just asked you what the product is. Calm the fuck down. Okay, we get it. I'm that's telling a, you, damn it. That's enough. All right, all right. I didn't know you were going to go that far. 
Uh, one thing I noticed, though, and everything you just said, one thing you didn't say your product is, is yeah. wrestling. Well, yeah. Why would I? Why would you? Well, wrestling's a sport. What, what did the do? W and WW, the second one, stand for? Wide. Worldwide entertainment. Say it again? Worldwide entertainment. So, so it was the Worldwide Federation before that? Oh, I don't know much about that. I don't, I don't know what... There's no federation. The, the, I mean, a, the only WWF that I know is the World Wildlife Fund. And that... Um, they don't, do, they don't do this thing that you're talking about, wrestling. I don't know what the fuck that is. Okay, so why didn't you say wrestling of all the things I asked you? What? I asked, I asked you what your product is, and you said everything but wrestling. You even talked yeah. about one life to live. Yeah, this hasn't... Because wrestling is not a sport. It hasn't been a sport since Abraham Lincoln wrestled. All right, we... See, we, WWE, are engaged in the promotion and advertising of certain scenes, scenarios, um, interplays, uh, actions, feuds, grudges, uh, friendships, uh, swerves, associations, which, uh, which further enhance the illusion that professional entertainers are indeed the characters they play and perform. So I began to promote the WWE not as a sport, but as a family-oriented entertainment. Our performers become stars. Our stars became superstars, and our superstars became superheroes. So do you feel any responsibility to those kids? I mean, you know, considering what? that you were pitching yourself as wholesome entertainment? Yeah, we did. That's what we're doing. We put smiles on kids' fucking faces. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you feel... <laughs> what, you I'm a smile on my face. questions. But did the, with the status, did it come with like an unprecedented responsibility for you? Oh well, yeah, we, of course we had an unprecedented responsibility. A responsibility to be more Walt Disney than fucking P.T. Barnum. A responsibility to be more family room than smoke-filled barroom bullshit. You know, we accepted the responsibility to set for ourselves and for our athletes the highest moral and ethical standard. Yeah, until the Attitude Era, right? Well, wait, 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 wait a minute. The Attitude Era was simply a reflection of the highest moral and ethical standards of the time. We reflect the time that's around us. We keep current. Now, what about that? Suddenly it wasn't about wholesomeness anymore, was it, Vince? Huh? I mean, Steve Austin got hung up on a crucifix on Raw. Well, now wait a minute. Allegedly. Allegedly there was a crucifixion. All right, we, we, we didn't do a crucifixion. The Undertaker has, just happens to have, it's not my fault, a cross as a symbol. That's, that's just, you know. You know. We had Stone Cold Steve Austin lashed to it as a symbol, as, as symbolic of humility. Symbolic of humility. That's what I said. Is there a fucking echo in here or what? Keep going. There was supposed to be, you know, people don't know this, but there was supposed to be a castration. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we did what was straight out of Saturday Night Live. See, it, was, it was that samurai, all a, you know, John Belushi. And the, the samurai warrior was a choppy, choppy off pee-pee. Yeah. That's a castration. Do you get it? Yeah. It's, it's a hoot. It's a laugh. And so we, see, we, we don't do many, you know, we, uh, we don't know too many good guys in life. You know, my, Mother Teresa's dead. You know, apparently, though, you know, there was some, some dirt on her as well. 
I can attest to that. She was a dirty, dirty woman. I'll tell you one thing. Mother Teresa certainly had her daddy. Her Mac daddy. Yeah. But she's dead. See, all of our wonderful fam favorites have flaws. Mother Teresa had a flaw. See, some of them have some pretty bad flaws. And yet you forgive them for that. Or will you one day not forgive them for that? It's a hell of a question, huh? I have to admit. Yeah. I'll have to think about that one. So let's talk about some promoters who, well, okay, just happened to go out of business at the same time you began expanding. Can you accept mm -hmm. those terms? Is that okay? Of course. Okay. I didn't do anything wrong. I'd like to get your assessment of those promoters. First, Joe Blanchard. Well, you know, Jesus, I mean, you know, he was on USA before I was, for fuck's sake. You know? So... That's true. I just happened to... I wanted his spot, and I wanted to compete... So I just happened to meddle with his finances to make, it in, in able, make him unable to pay his bills. All legally, though. I was able to, able to make it throughout the law there, you know, made it work. You know, then, then, but hey, you know what, then I hired his son in 88. I cut him some slack there, you know. I did, True. did what I could. Not my fault that it cut short his momentum in Crockett. You know, that's not my fault. I was trying to give him, a, give him a step up to the big time, not working in that southern wrestling bullshit. Yep. You know, uh, but, you know, it's not, and again, it's not my fault that he happened to be a drug addict and was, you know, and he had to be released. Come and was, on. I'm sorry that he couldn't go back to, to WCW, and, you know, and then his career was over. But I didn't do that. I didn't do that. You know, but at that point, you know what? Daddy Joe Blanchard realized who the real daddy was. Huh? The question you have to ask yourself every day is, who is your real daddy? And now I won't hire, you know, I won't hire that, his daughter there, that Tessa, you know? I saw her last night, don't think I wasn't there. No way, not my company, she's not ready yet. She has to work her way up. So I guess it's safe to say that I continue to dominate that family. Hard to argue. How about Ole Anderson? Hey, you know what, Ole Anderson? You know what, I tried to bring him on, on the ground level. I said, hey, Ole, you want to come up? You want to be part of the big time? You want to you wanna be part of the business that's going to change the world of entertainment? And you know what he said to my face? To me what? and my beautiful, lovely, innocent wife? He said, go fuck yourself. And you know what? That's what I said to him. Only go fuck yourself, you little shit. And let me ask you this question. Yeah. What's the irony of this, huh? What's the irony of this whole situation? I'll tell you what it is. The irony is, Oli tells me to go fuck myself. Who got his time slot? Mm. Hmm? Who was it? These things are hard to argue. But you know what? No. No way, because you totally botched Georgia Championship Wrestling. After damn right I did. You stopped doing matches in the studio. You're damn right I did. And started sending them in tapes from New York for an Atlanta TV station. Ratings were plummeting. Turner didn't want you on there. And you ended up selling back to Crockett to avoid getting sued. At the end of the day, did you not take a loss, Vince McMahon, and the whole Georgia Championship Wrestling deal? Oh, did I take a loss? Yeah, that's what I said. Oh. oh let me think about that. Well, if you look at all the wrestling companies that you like to call them and the entertainment companies that I like to call them, 
I'm the only one left standing, damn it. So I guess I didn't lose anything. I'm the man. The Mac Man. Yeah? So you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm truculent by nature. You know? I like to fight. Yeah. I look, I'm not looking to fight. Vince. Oh, yeah? I don't know why we have to go here. I'm not looking to fight. I just so want to answer the question. You want to finish here for a second, pal? Huh? Okay. Shut your mouth and let me answer the, answer the question for fuck's sake. What was the question? Forget it. What about Vern Gagne? Hey. Now, Vern, you know, Vern, Vern Gagne. You know, I made him an offer too, all right? Now, he's a proud Minnesotan. You know, he was in the wrestling business for over 30 years. You know, born and bred Minnesotan. Steak dinners. Chops, pork chops with the... Lamb chop. Lamb chops. Chops all around. Chops on the house. You know, people say that I, you know, raided his territory. That's not what I did. See, again, this is all a misunderstanding. All I did was sign all of his top talent behind his back so he wouldn't know. I was doing it for him because that way the wrestlers didn't have to, you know, fight him on the way out. Well, geez, I'm being a generous no, Vince, guy. Well, geez, I mean, Hogan, Ventura, Heenan, yeah. Adonis, yeah. Schultz, Okerlund. That's a little heavy-handed to just act like it's some kind of happenstance, don't you think? Let's you be know. fair. You know, I love that movie Gladiator. You seen that movie? You seen yes. Gladiator? Yeah. There's a line in Gladiator. People should know when they're conquered. If there was one casualty in the merging of the entertainment industry, it was Vern Gagne. Because the thing was, Vern, Vern was like a sad, limping, dirty dog, blind dog, who couldn't find his way home. He was chasing his, his, uh, his fucking tail around in circles all the way to the nursing home. And I had to put him down. I had to put that son of a bitch down because he didn't understand my vision. He didn't understand the greater wide vision that I had for the business. Did he come around, Vince? Him. Ultimately, did he come around? You're damn right he did. I put him in my Hall of Fame. And what does he do? He atones. Yes. He stands up on the grand stage and praises me for my contributions to the entertainment industry. I don't know how you because do Because he knows what's best for business. Fritz von Erich. <laughs> Something funny? I don't believe a man who is running an, an American company should be portraying a Nazi, do you? you know? was, uh, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question, Mr. Mr. Journalist. Was Fritz, was Fritz himself a closeted Nazi? I think that's a question worth investigating. Huh? Was he, uh, was he a Trump supporter? Huh? Was he uh, celebrating that uh, Nazi shit? Hold on. I oh, you dropped something? Yeah. Yeah, I have information. Did I hit the notes out of your hand? Yeah, you did. You did, because I'm not going to let, I was going to let that slide, but I'm like, no fucking way. That's ridiculous. You know. Yeah, well, let me, let me tell you this. I made that son of a bitch an offer, too. You know, I wanted his sons. That's true. What? I remember that. Yeah, yeah the I magazine, did. the WWF magazine. You You're profiled right. the Von Erichs in 85. You're damn right. Yeah. But he didn't do the right thing. He went up against my TV in Boston. He got greedy. 
he made mistakes. And uh, let's be honest here, he's uh, not exactly the model patriarch, is he? My God. Yeah. How's his family doing? What about... What about Stu Hart? Hey, Stu played ball, sold to me. Gave me his shit, gave me his sons and all that, whatever. His shit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah, There's yeah. a couple of them that are pretty yeah, shit. He's, he's so, <laughs> yeah, he's Bruce sold, man. He Bruce, sold to you. you. I had to kick him in the balls a couple times, you know? See if he wakes up. He sold to you, yeah, but yeah. you didn't pay him after the first year. Well, you know, the thing about Stu is that he, underst he doesn't understand American law. He understands Canadian law, but not American law. And that's okay. These things happen, but, you know, I'm a law-abiding citizen, a law-abiding American. And he promoted shows in violation of our agreement. And, you know, he, he learned American law from there, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And we also, you know, speaking of families, we know what happened to them, too. They're doing well. If you want to go there, fine. I was always curious about this quote that Diana Hart gave to the Calgary Herald at Owen Hart's funeral. She yeah. said of her father, Stu, yeah. quote, Dad is like a father figure to Vince, and Vince felt like Owen was one of his sons. It must have been really hard for Vince to see Owen's father in this situation, end quote. You want to say anything about that? Well, I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, the, uh, the entertainment business destroys people. I don't destroy people. I have nothing to do with the destruction of people's lives, whether on a personal, physical, or emotional basis. I don't do that. I don't want you to allege that I do that either. I, I take didn't no say anything. I take no responsibility of the destruction of human life. And, you know, I, uh, I somewhat feel that I'm insulted, quite frankly, sitting in front of you today by answering some of these ridiculous questions. I am a businessman. I am a good businessman. I do things legally. We are a public company. We put smiles on people's faces all no, over the world. That no, is we're not going to we do this do. again. We're not gonna, this no is way. a fun fucking no, business. We're not going to do this again. That's enough. I mean, this isn't, you know, an investor's call. Look, what, what about the Tunnies up in Toronto? The Tunnies. Um. I mean, well, we never did find out how Frank died, did we? I mean, it's coincidence that he died as soon as I took over. I don't know, you know, just a, I think he was on vacation somewhere in Hong Kong, right? I think yeah. That's where he was, yeah, yeah just a funny thing how life happens like that where I take over a company and someone dies right after that. <laughs> the Tunnies, and hey, you know what? Hey, I'll tell you this, the Tunnies were paid well for many years of my sweat. I mean, look, his, what did I do? What did I do for his son, huh? I made his son, Jack Tubby, the public face of my company for fucking years. Fucking years. That's true. I mean, I can't imagine compensating anyone better than that, huh? That's true. Well, you make a good point on that. Uh, how about in 1983 when you tried to get Harley Race to take 100 grand to get shot on, uh, pardon me, to abandon the Starcade 83 main event and leave what? Jim Crockett holding the bag. You pitch the scenario in a bathroom. Harley yeah. says no, yeah. and you shoot a double leg on him like you know how to fight. <laughs> how about that? 
How about that, you fuckhead? How about that? Look, Harley Race is a legend in uh, the entertainment business, and um, I was simply trying to offer him a chance to, 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 to come over and do the right thing for himself, for his family, for the business. And, um, you know, I, he's an old man. He was an old man then, he's an old man now, and I wanted to take it easy on him, so I let him, I let him beat me. What? Yeah. He, you let him beat you? He, just, right. he could... just did a front face lock, and you, like, had to walk away. What? No, I... Hey, look, I, 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 I went for the double leg, right? And I felt how crinkly, crumbly those legs were. In 83? <laughs> yeah. And so I said, Why did shit, you hire him then? shit, I better back the fuck off. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do him, a, do him a solid. And so I said, all right, you know what? Let the old man beat me. And, I'll, and I'll, give, I'll let him leave. If he doesn't want to leave with money, like a good man would, I'll at least let him leave with some pride. All right, Vince. How about we do some word association? What do you sure. say, folks? You want to do some word association here with Lapsed Vince? Let's fucking do it. All right. And uh, as a bonus, we've obtained special, special messages from the people that we're going to ask you about. Right. And we're going to play them for you Sounds in the spirit nice. of uh, This Is Your Life afterwards. First up, Jesse Ventura. He's a piece of shit. But a decent piece of shit, that's the difference. So he's not bad at being a piece of shit. And he's a bullshitter. And I take credit for teaching Jesse Ventura the finer arts of bullshitting. You know, it did come quite naturally, but he needed to hone a couple skills here and there. And uh, that's why he was so politically successful. And I found that success eye-opening. It made me realize, hey, our audience, being a direct example of what is out there in terms of Americana, Anyone who can relate to that audience, I dare say, is electable. Well, here's Jesse now. Again, as promised, we've obtained some messages from Jesse Ventura directly to you, Vince McMahon. Please play Jesse Goodboss. Well, let me tell you something, McMahon. You are a piece of shit for having me sit there with that tubby motherfucker Gorilla Monsoon for all those years made an embarrassment about the goddamn business that we're trying to do because all he wanted to do was eat hot dogs and he got mustard and shit put all over him. Jim Barnett. Fuck you. Jim motherfucking what? Barnett, brother. Yeah, all right, yeah. Jim Barnett. A backstabbing motherfucker. That's Jim Barnett. And here's Jim. I can't. Yeah, I'm sitting here and, and you're, uh, I don't know, what do, what do you want me to say about Vince McMahon? Oh my God. I have to, oh. Dusty Rhodes. I have to book. I have to go book something. I don't know what it is, but I have to book a match and I'm, I need a drink. Someone, please, someone get me a cigarette. This is, oh. Dusty Rhodes. Now, Dusty Rhodes is a unique individual. You know, he is, uh, he's one of the all-time greats and, um, He's one of the all-time greats to poke fun at and on a regular basis. Oh, so it was? The, the polka dots were in mockery. Tommy Dreamer doesn't think so. Well, Tommy Dreamer's a mockery of himself, so... Do not say that about Caputo from Orange is the New Black, okay? All right, uh, fine. Dusty, go ahead. Vince McMahon is the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, baby. What we're talking about right now, daddy, is emotion. Because right now, this whole p 
business, daddy. This whole thing we're trying to do is all about emotion. And I'm sitting here, daddy, wearing my damn polka dots, baby, my polka dots garments, wearing my police hat, daddy. And I'm thinking to myself, what a beautiful day it is. Dusty, I gotta cut you off before Cody walks in. I need to do this real fucking quick. There's Mike Tyson, too. Wow. Helen, Helen Hart. Helen, uh, yeah, any thoughts Helen. on the matriarch of the Hart clan? She's pretty After good in the sack, I'll buried tell you that. Earlier. Helen, What's that? Say it again? Helen Hart was a good lay. No way. No, oh, yeah. I'm not going to let that happen. That's She was awful. a little tired of the beef stew. She wanted a Big Mac attack. <laughs> Why did she get tired of the beef stew? Because there was cat shit in it or what? After all those years, the fucker couldn't move. He stretched himself silly. All right. Helen, take it away. Give this motherfucker what he's got coming. You know, fuck you. This whole business, everybody involved, just the... You're all pieces of shit. Stu sucks. All my kids suck. They're all involved in this business. I don't have time for this. I hate you all. I hate Bruce the most. I wish Bruce was dead. <laughs> All right, Helen, thanks for that. How about Ludwig Borga? Any thoughts on Tony Holma? Really? Yeah. Um, well, there, 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 um, there aren't many people in this business who, who scared the complete shit out of me. He's, he's one of them. All right. Well, let's hear from Ludwig. Mr. McMahon. Is he, Rus right is he Russian? <laughs> <laughs> no, I go very slowly. Now, this, I tell you, Mr. McMahon, that what happened here all in, I wanted you to pick me world champion this night. And I tell you right now, you take the belt off Cody Rhodes right now, and you give me the belt. If you don't do this, I will kick you in the balls. Colonel and I will Rob, you apart. <laughs> Thanks, Ludwig. <laughs> Colonel Rod Parker. Who? Colonel Rob, uh, Tennessee Lee. Oh yeah. Oh, I like him. He's not bad. He's a good guy. That's it. That <laughs> Riveting. Um, well, we've obtained, of course, audio for you. This is your life, Vince. Uh, Rob Parker. Um, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just uh, suckled down on a bottle of Jack, and um, I got no pants on, but I'm sitting here. I'm on the floor, and my, you know, I got some, I guess I'm wearing tidy whities I can't tell. They look a little brown right now. But um, I'll tell you, I just, um, I, what? What am I supposed to? All right, thank you, Rob. Macho Man Randy Savage. Now, the Macho Man Randy Savage makes me a little sad because, um, because like some people have done to me, that he turned his back on me. And uh, he left me for what he thought were greener pastures. And uh, it's, a, it's a sore subject, but um, he's dead now. I can appreciate that. Um, well, we've obtained audio uh, from the Macho Man, and uh, he has this to say. 
Oh, yeah, this is the macho man Randy Savage. And I'm telling you one thing, Vince McMahon. I'm going to tell you one thing right now. Aha! That I know what makes you tick. I know what makes you tick. I know what makes you tick. I know what makes you tick, Vince McMahon. I know what makes you tick. Randy! Randy! Who's that? Randy, it's, it's Lanny. Can I say something to Vince, please? Can I read him a poem? It's Lanny Poffo. Yeah. Roses are red. Violets are blue. You did fuck Stephanie, but that's between me and you. Okay, Rick. Thanks a lot, Lanny. And finally, the Hulkster in all of his glory. Yeah. <laughs> Post-racial slur, Hulk Hogan. Well, you know, he, um, again, I guess you could say he did atone. He did, uh, a, he's, he did the right thing in the end. Uh, I don't, I mean, Hulk Hogan and I have had a very tumultuous relationship, you know, we've had some good times, had some bad times, but all in all, we, we've done some coke, fucked some bitches, and had a good time. So, let's hear from Hulk. Well, you know something, Vince McMahon? Hulk Hogan's here, dude, and just like George Washington chopped down the cherry tree, dude, I cannot tell a lie, brother. Oh, really? Because I'm... Brother. <laughs> dude, what? what? Dude, who's coming... Some behind me, dude. What? Jacarcha. I had a roll-up, brother. Isn't that what OBD was selling out there, dude? In her food truck, dude? She was selling a roll-up, brother. She tried to come behind me, dude. ODB push? Brother. All right. Thanks to this cast of wild and wacky characters, we appreciate uh, very much their attendance. Vince, yeah. when you heard that Dr. George Zaharian had been convicted of giving your wrestler steroids in 1991, uh -huh. what was your reaction? Uh, well, um, what I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I think you meant to say was illegal steroids. And, because uh, there's a big difference between illegal and legal steroids. But, uh, to be honest, I was, I was, I was shocked. I say shocked to hear that illegal steroids were being distributed. Illegal steroids were being distributed in my company. Okay. You know, I find it interesting that that yeah. one, your trial when you were brought up on conspiracy charges, uh -huh. it ultimately came down to whether it was in the proper jurisdiction, right, at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Now, let's be clear. You were not found guilty of a single charge in that case. Okay, we're clear about that. Yeah. And at first, you were facing up to a decade in jail on the charges brought. But ultimately, it was about whether the government could prove that the distribution took place in the Eastern District of New York, not uh -huh. whether it took place at all. So if, say, the case had been that the jurisdiction was where Titan Towers is, for yeah. example. Do you think the outcome of that trial would have been any different? No. Not at all. That, that's all you have to say? Well, I mean, why would it be? Why would it, why would it be any different? I mean, I will, I'll, I mean, to be honest, yes, yes, there were steroids being distributed within yeah. Titan Towers. There absolutely were, but they were legal steroids. They were legal steroids that were produced in the basement of Titan Towers. And any, any drugs that are produced in the basement of a facility are legal because of the property. They cannot be, they cannot be considered illegal because they were made on, on site. So, no, the, the, the result would have been the same. All I right, fine. Wrong. Let's put it this way. Worst, worst, pardon me, worst doctor, George Saharian... Or Phil Aston? Well, I mean, I think it's safe to say Phil Aston did his job pretty well, so George Zaharian. 
Well, in terms of drug use and wrestling, what's your hope uh, for the locker room by the time you leave this earth, Vince McMahon? That's a very good question. Thanks. Um, I think my hope would be that we will be totally sports-free. I mean, drug-free. You know, we're already sports-free, so. I think, I, think, I think it's important that we, that we give a damn. And I never want anyone, again, to question whether this is good, wholesome entertainment. I want, I want my talent healthy. Why, yeah, why is that important, that your talent is healthy? Well, because if they're, if they're healthy, then their clear longevity is much greater as intellectual, and as intellectual property to the company. So if they aren't healthy, we can't sell them. That's so fucking dark. All right. The indictment alleged against you that, quote, an object of your conspiracy was unlawfully to provide WWF wrestling performers with steroids to enhance their size and musculature and thereby to increase the ticket sales for WWF exhibitions and the profits to Titan and McMahon. Vince McMahon, do you think size sells tickets? Well, again, to go back to what I said before, I don't know what the World Wildlife Fund has anything to do with me. I mean, I don't know if the W... Maybe maybe it is. Maybe the WWF indeed injects their animals with steroids. And they want bigger animals for bigger tickets and bigger sales, bigger gates, bigger profits. I'm... You know, if that's... If that is the case, then I think, damn, we should go after the WWF. All right, fine. Fuck this. Fuck this. Listen, all right, fine. How about this? Was the XFL a success? Yes. (laughs) All right. We could spend all day talking about your toppling of WCW, but I would just like to... Can we? No. It's a fun topic. We're straining people's patience already. Um, WCW and women. I'd like to read you a 1996 quote from Eric Bischoff and get your response to it, okay? All right. Here it is. Vince McMahon is an egomaniacal punk. Vince McMahon's ego won't even allow him to admit that I'm the one who is kicking his ass every week. He's out there trying to paint this picture that Ted Turner is beating him up. Ted Turner has so many things he has to tend to. I don't think Vince McMahon's name flashes through Ted Turner's mind more than once a year or twice a year. Ted Turner doesn't make the day-to-day decisions about WCW. He hasn't hired anybody, hasn't negotiated any deals that I've negotiated over the last year and a half, hasn't made any decisions that have really catapulted WCW to the position we're in right now. But Vince McMahon wants the world to believe that it's a battle between him and Ted Turner. I guess he figures he can draw more sympathy by saying he gets beat up by Ted Turner than by realizing he gets beat up by Eric Bischoff and, quote, response boss. I mean, Vince. (laughs) Well, I am the boss, and you don't want to cross the boss. Hoss. Now, you see, here we go again. This is Eric Bischoff thinking that he's had more power. Let me ask you this. Who is the one man, since control of WCW uh, changed hands from Jim Crockett to Ted Turner, was in control? Over the, from, from 1988 until the death in 2001. Who was the one man of power to be there? Well, I mean, Ted Turner was exactly. there. Exactly, exactly. He owned the He place. was the one man. There was nobody else in the damn company who had that kind of longevity. Eric Bischoff, Eric Bitchoff, was just another in a line of rotating doors of people who, quote unquote, ran the company. I'm not going to fight with a fucking secretary. I'm going to fight with a boss. All right. Fair enough. Well, we've covered how you took over the rest, uh, wrestling world to an absurd degree. Mm-hmm. And my no, question... Unified. And my unified. question for you now, Vince, and I think this is the question in everybody's mind at All In Weekend, 
does that desire still burn bright in you, Vince McMahon, to conquer the fucking wrestling world? Do noisemakers have to be extinguished? Damn, I didn't understand that question at all. What are you saying? Well, Vince, we're here on All In Weekend. There's a massive New Japan and Ring of Honor sellout yeah. in your hallowed halls, your backyard of Madison Square Garden coming up in the spring. Yes, I heard about that. So what do you think? Tell me, Vince, what time is it? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever um, heard my song on the, uh, the Pile Driver album? No, I you can't. from the 80s? I can't say I have. Well, you should. It's a decent track. Touche. Here's some of the lyrics. Just maybe get these in your head. They never understood the kind of man I am. I do my own thinking. Got a lot of big plans. I'm a man running wild, heading for the top. Never slowing down, never going to stop. Along the way, you're going to see a lot of men drop. Okay, so you're going to counter the MSG sellout somehow? No. <laughs> Why would I do that? That... That sellout that you're referring to? Yeah. That sellout is not what it appears to be. Really? Yeah. How, how so? All right, you want, you want to get inside? You want to, you want to know what's really going That's on? Where you, want we belong. Know, you want to know the truth, you son of a bitch? Yes. I bought 14,000 tickets to MSG. I bought a network of people in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, PA, the tri-state fucking area, my backyard. You don't come into my backyard yeah. and expect me to sit down. And I made them go to MSG and buy tickets. Kind of like how, you know, you, bake, you, buy, you, buy, uh, you buy fake Twitter followers or fake YouTube views. Not that anyone here at this convention would know anything about that. Hmm? Why would you do that? Why would you have them buy such an absurd number of tickets? Oh, that's the silver tuna, isn't it? The idea was to drive up the market value of the young buckaroos, the young fuckers, or uh, who I like to call the new new rockers. And that other guy, Stardust. Drive up their market value so that ring of dishonorable mention bleeds themselves dry to keep to trying to keep them because now these guys have sold out msg holy shit and then i get them when there's no money left and that uh kenny omega guy too see i know exactly how to get him to come to daddy kenny yeah kenny's just another boy you've heard of that uh that uh Pokemon Go? Yeah, sure. I know he has. I know damn well he has. Well, arrangements are made for a treasure trove of discoverable Pokemon to be located directly on my balls. On my grapefruits. On that genetic jackhammer, and he can come catch them all, and I'll pin the son of a bitch down. By the time that the final chapter is written, you can rename all of them the effete. Effete, of course, a word definition, a word defined by Webster's as marked by excessive self-indulgence and moral decay. Yeah. 
See, I saw the greatest minds of your generation, you son of a bitch, destroyed by Twitter and all those fucking social medias, and they will be the next. Okay, I gotta say, now this is getting hard to understand. I mean, oh, yeah? so first, so first, you're trying to tell us, let me see what I wrote down here, that you bought 14,000 of the roughly 20,000 Madison Square Garden tickets? Yep. And who knows, maybe, uh, maybe on fight night, maybe when, uh, at bell time, there will be 14,000 empty seats in Madison Square Garden and a packed fucking house at the true hip indie brand, NXT. And, uh, and here we are, uh, yeah. all in, right? We're at uh, Chicago, all in, yeah? Hell yeah, fuck yeah, all praise Cody. Uh, uh, uh. You know, all in was about a feeling all right, a feeling that you need Vince McMahon. A feeling that you need Vince McMahon. The people who put this together sold it on the idea that you don't need Vince McMahon. No, no. But the bottom line, each of you, for each of you deep down in that deep dark place knows that you need Vince McMahon. You want Vince McMahon. You talk about those, those fucking bullshit nostalgia and feelings and how it used to be better, right? Now is better. And shows like All, All In remind you of what it used to be like, what it used to feel like, right? You're enjoying that. You enjoy that feeling. And that's how I get you. Because what you don't understand is that it all revolves around me. And that you are going to miss me when I'm gone, you fucking geeks. <laughs> but let me ask you something about Cody. Hmm? Don't you think it's a... It's a little bit curious how he just happened to cozy up to the young buckaroos all of a sudden, huh? Huh? You know, everyone jokes that, hey, you know, may hey, maybe Vince sent Russo to WCW to kill it, huh? Maybe Hogan and Brett, you know, he sent Hogan and Brett to WCW to kill it. Even that Bruce Pritchard, Bruce Pitchard to TNA, especially Bruce Pitchard to TNA, huh? You know what I said to him? I said, do exactly what you're doing here and see how it happens. He talks about how he's always in the room when all the decisions are being made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you a big secret about that. Yeah, we have a private meeting just for him. And then when he goes, we have the real meeting to make the real decisions. And so much for that. Yeah, nobody likes him. It's true. What's... All of it is true. For years, I have been creating an underground army. Men, women, children... Whoever is needed to infiltrate the higher powers of entertainment. And Cody, oh, your dear, dear, dear stardust is just the latest in this proud lineage. He's just another soldier. Do you trust Cody? Really? Look into his eyes. Doesn't he want to be an actor or something? You know, uh, yeah, you know what? I'd suggest he's already there, ladies and gentlemen. Because you know what? I'd give him a big fucking Academy Award for the performance he's put on you for the last year or so. See, he's my secret agent. And he's in so deep at this point, I don't care who the fuck knows. Like that, uh, like that blip on the radar Gordon stuff. Flip, flip Gordon. Blip. Blip, right? Yeah. Blip on the radar. Okay, fine. Was there any difference in Cody's face when he was, you know, working you about blip, not making it on the card, and when he was coming to you, quote-unquote, from the heart? 
How about when he, when he came up with that bullshit about Billy Gunn being a legend with a straight face? Huh? All Blip Gordon is, is a somersaulting bitch. Yeah. The only thing that was all, that was all in about all in was the fix. The goddamn fix was in, pal. I still remember the thrill I got in February of last year, you know, 2017, when I, when I switched on being the elite. Patterson told me about it. And what do you know? What do you know? Right there to the left are the young fucks. Gosh knows why. What a coincidence. There's Stardust. My little boy. The next in line. Just happened to be there and get in the frame. The seed was planted. And now he's been subliminally convincing them to come work for me ever since. Oh, the Bullet Club is fine. No, 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 no. The Bullet Club is mine. You know, my, my pool and uh, my Greenwich McMansion has been filled with dollar bills, cold, hard cash from USA and Fox. Hmm? More than I can even handle. And I'm the fucking bionic billionaire. You know, I'm just fucking everything that comes in my way. <laughs> and I've got guaranteed money for you. For you people out there, your guaranteed disappointment. I will sign Cody Rhodes and the young fucks. Just you fucking wait. Mark my fucking words. And within two years, two years, I will be slaking my thirst with your tears for what they have become and how wrong you were to assume that they would value being cool in your eyes over my cold, hard cash. You know, I'm going to quote um, one of my favorite creations. You know, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Everybody's got a price. And all you fans that tell yourselves that at the end of the day you want what's best for the fucks will be forced to confront the fact that that's not true. You want what's best for you. And I will prove that money wins. And I will destroy their careers. But before their lives can be destroyed, they have to go through NXT, of course. I mean, they're not ready. You know, they've been, they've been working, uh, you know, they've been flipping and flying and shit, but, you know, they, they've been working the indies and they've been working international. They don't understand how to work mainstream. I thought you said you were here last night, Vince. What? Come on, did you see that house? I thought you... Yeah, 10,000. Yeah? You know how much WrestleMania did last year? What, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? That has to do with everything. I put on many shows a year that sell out twice okay. as many All right. fans. Fine. We get it. And they did right. one show Fine. for Fine. 10 fucking thousand. Yes, they did. they barely incredible. made it into it the 10. It was an incredible accomplishment. Wait, why do they have to go through NXT anyway? Because they don't understand how to sports entertain. They don't understand how to work mainstream television product style. And through NXT, we can convince the fans, more importantly, that we'll use them the way they're accustomed to seeing. Let them think that the jump wasn't a mistake, that it'll just be more exposure, that they'll be seen by more eyes. And then you know what I'll do? What? 
I'll get them to that, uh, I'll get them to the main roster, and I'll slowly whittle them down so that the fans en masse will never want to see them in the main event, ever. They'll just be yeah. jokes. That's, this is a new era, Vince. What are you going to do when the fans pick up on the fact that that's what you're doing and they start to revolt? Then oh, what are you going to do? No, no, you know, well, I'll tell you what. I've got a plan for that. I always have a plan for that. I'm always, you know, just like Gorilla Monsoon used to say, I'm always thinking six, seven, eighteen, eight hundred moves ahead. What's your plan? We'll just, we'll just do another one of those Triple H conference calls, so he can, he can get those fucking Mark reporters back on his side. You know, hey, yeah, no, no, no. We have everything. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna please the fans. Uh. We're here to put the fans in the stands. Uh. It's about granting a little bit of access for a whole lot of message control. And if those fucking reporters don't fall in line, well, hey, you know what? You want to know something? What? I got a plan for that. What? I'll just have the entire female roster storm tweet them until their heels at conventions like this. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe one of those reporters raped a, a female. No, 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 no. No, no way. Hey, I'm, I'm, I don't know what happens behind closed doors. People make yeah, their own decisions. precisely. So let's move on. What you're starting to see is that whatever happens, huh? I get my way. And I may think, and I may make it think that it was your idea. See, I use moral stances to achieve my immoral ends. Well, on the women's revolution, Vince, how do you think yeah. Rita Chatterton feels about it? Oh, you, oh I, uh, I get it. You're trying to do some sort of bullshit gotcha. Okay, yeah, great. Okay. Let me just state again for the record, okay, that I think what most everyone should be concerned with is what we're doing now, what our current policy is. And, uh, and I don't want to be penalized. So it seems to me that this little uh, out-of-nowhere inquiry sort of witch hunt in which I guess someone is trying to penalize me or suggest that what goes on in our company is not proper. We are a public company now and ran it pretty much like a public company in the past. What? Now, we're not going to be dealing with in illegal activities. What kind, what kind this of, is not the, good business. Oh, a child just walked in. God help us. Um, love you, buddy. What, what kind of answer is that, Vince, the question? Look, I'm going to answer the question the way I want to answer the fucking question, all right? That's what I'm going to do. Okay, let's move on. How Fuck far, you. How far... <laughs> Sorry, buddy. It's a shoot, brother. Hi. Kayfabe, kayfabe. Do you know her? So how far back does the courtship of Kenny Omega go, Vince? <laughs> <laughs> Further back than you could possibly want to believe. You know, you know, you know I mean, why do you think we just uh, greenlighted the whole E3 thing with the elite in the New Day, huh? You know, I still remember the day that I told Big E to wear that T-shirt, and, uh, and they took the bait on one of those uh, earliest editions of being the elite. Hmm? I even sent Xavier to a gaming convention to endear himself to that fucker, Omega. <laughs> and remember when Cena posted a picture, a picture of Kenny on the, uh, on the Insta photo app thing there? Whatever it's called, out of nowhere? Huh? Come on now. Don't act like I'm not in control all the fucking time. Because here's the fucking thing. <laughs> you 
will never stop watch, watching my programming. Let me repeat that so it sinks in. You will never stop watching my programming. You'll never stop watching my fucking programming. You will never stop watching. Now if you look back, if the new new rockers and stardust look back, you'll see what happens when I want to buy and you won't sell. You want the truth? You want it all? Huh? You want to know how I destroyed lives, ripped people from their comfort zones, ran rampant? The day is approaching, you fucks. I have more money than I've ever had. <laughs> and I think I've proven what happens when you turn down an offer from the Mac Man. Wall Street laughed at my face when I went public, and I outlasted the naysayers. My stock price is at an all-time fucking high by a mile. You know why? I know that people are expendable on this journey. The other territorial promoters wished death on me. And you know what? They all ended up in nondescript fucking graves with me pissing on them. Because they didn't understand what I was doing. They didn't see my greater vision. The feds indicted me. And I walked out of that courtroom with my balls hanging out and a smile on my face and a dick in my hand. Murray Hodgson was a fraud. Mel Phillips was never an employee of the WWE, only an occasional laborer. And you know what? They laughed off the XFL. But I'm bringing the motherfucker back, whether you like it or not. They said that my emphasis on story over sport would unfurl the business. And I'm making more money than I ever have. So who's wrong? Like I said, everybody's got a price. Whoever it was that said, you can't fool all the people all the time was a damn fool. I am America, you bitches. I am America. America has only become more and more like me, not less. Look around you. Look at the state of the discourse. Look at who's running the Small Business Administration. Look at who's running the company. Huh? A WWE Hall of Famer. Look at who's running your ass. I am America. And when I'm gone, maybe then you'll appreciate me as a harbinger of the America to come that I really was. Make more money with the money. Seems to be the American way. And just like in entertainment, in the end, the good guys always win. Now get the fuck out of my office! Hit that music. Yeah. Somebody
Alright guys, one more time, make some noise out here for the Laps fan. How awesome are these guys? What? Ready for the quotes? I remember probably in the first grade being invited to a matinee film with my stepbrother, etc. Take your time. Can you bring up the PowerPoint and bring down this one? Thank you. Real or fake? Playboy, February 1st, 2001. That's the one with the leaves, too. <laughs> it's unfortunate that he died before I could kill him. I would have enjoyed that, not that he didn't have some redeeming qualities. Playboy, February 1st, 2001. What I learned there is all you have to do is throw dollars at money-grubbing TV stations and they'll be your biggest supporters all of a sudden. Real. Work. Work. We're Hollywood. We're in show business. We write scripts. Before the U.S. Committee on Oversight and Government Reform, <laughs> December 14th, 2007. And we're making shit up up here? We are an entertainment-based, branded, network cable streaming television vehicle where we create stories. We tell stories where characters are welcome. <laughs> Hands up for real. Hands up for work. Work. The WWE is engaged in the promotion and advertising of certain scenes, scenarios, interplays, actions, feuds, grudges, friendships, and associations, which further enhance the illusion that professional wrestlers are indeed the characters they play and perform. Hands up for real. Hands up for work. It's not Vince, it's Linda. <laughs> Linda told the New Jersey State Assembly, uh, the State Senate that shit in 1989, it's excerpted in the Sunday Tasmanian, as a way of exempting the WWF from taxes on sports properties. So that's, that's what she thinks. There was supposed to be a castration. What we did was straight out of Saturday Night Live. It was a samurai, a la John Belushi, and his samurai warrior was choppy, choppy off pee-pee. That's not a castration. You get it? It's a hoot. It's a laugh. That's what we do. Hands up for work. Hands up for real. Chicago Tribune, January 28th, 1999. You motherfuckers. Oh, it's not even funny. They're talking about castration. It's so stupid. Where they come? He said it. The fuck? <laughs> Mother Teresa's dead. Although apparently there's some dirt on her as well. Hands up for work. Hands up for shoot. You motherfuckers. Dallas Morning News, August 26, 1999. He said it. You, you, you were cringing when I said that. Or when he said it. No, not him. I was on the bathroom the whole time. Fritz is not exactly the, male, the model patriarch. Hands up for work. Hands up for shoot. They think he said it. Oh my God. How fucking gross is that? Go ahead. I think Hulk told the truth, but maybe not the whole truth. Hulk Hogan, the character, will always be associated with the WWF. We didn't do this. Just fucking go. Oh. Whether Terry Belay will be is as matter of... Uh, Whether Terry Belay will be is a matter of conjecture. What do you think? Work, hands up. Shoot, hands up. Very good. But he said it in 1992 about whether Hulk was lying about using steroids. He's a piece of shit. 
but a decent piece of shit. He's not bad at being a piece of shit. On Jesse Ventura. Work or shoot? Hands up for work. Hands up for shoot. They thought he said it. Our audience, go ahead. Our audience being a direct sample of what is out there in terms of Americana. Anyone who can relate to that audience, I dare say, is electable. Think about the White House. Hands up for work. Hands up for shoot. He said in 1999 about Jesse Ventura, and we know where things went from there. We will be totally sports-free. I, I mean drug-free. We're already sports-free. Hands up for shoot. Hands up for work. It's a fucking shoot! That's what he thinks. 1991, New York, press conference to explain the new drug policy, the new drug testing policy. That was the slip of the tongue as quoted in the AP. That's the Freudian slip. That's the internal monologue. <laughs> Only a if, few more. If they're healthy, their clear longevity is much greater as intellectual property to the company. Dark, dark. Shoot. Work. Shoot. To Congress. <laughs> About the wellness policy. Ted Turner can go to hell. I hope one day he does. Hands up for work. Hands up for shoot. How naive the workers are. Chicago Tribune, 1999. Your chairman. Coming for the Bucks. Coming for Cody. A big kick in the nuts is always primo. You hear the guy go, oh, and you think his ass is mine. Shoot. Work. Shoot. Come on. You don't think he's going to talk about kicking someone in the fucking balls? He thinks he can fight. You haven't... He fought with the Marines in North Carolina. Damn right. Damn, I didn't understand that question at all. Work. Shoot. Yes, to Congress. To duly elected, well, staffers of duly elected representatives of this country. They're trying to do some sort of gotcha bullshit, okay. Seems to me that this inquiry is some sort of witch hunt in which I guess someone is trying to penalize me or suggest that what goes on at our company is not proper. I had to just go right to it on that one, guys. I'm sorry. That's just straight up to Congress. I know that people are expendable on this journey. Shoot. You guys are fucked up. You're really fucked up. You think he said that? I would. Whoever it was that said you can't fool all the people all the time was a damn fool. Shoot. Work. Shoot. CNN, November 1998. Make more money. Give it up. All right, but make more money with the money. It seems to be the American way. Shoot, CNN, October 1999. Two more. Just like in entertainment. In the end, the good guys always win. Shoot. Work. Shoot. 1994. And finally. We're not wrestling. Shoot. Work. Shoot. You already know what it is. Dallas Morning News, 1999. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Its content is intended for private use only.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.